Hi, friends. Welcome to Columbus Day. Happy Monday, October the 10th, and welcome to Enough for Today. Um, it is Monday. It's a new week, and I'm just starting my week, and we have had a whirlwind two weeks. And I'm just thinking here as the opening was rolling, thinking back on it, it's been um, nonstop, <clears throat> but it's been so richly rewarding. And it all kind of culminated uh, to yesterday at church. What a great morning we had. First of all, we launched groups. Our, second, our fourth quarter of groups uh, began yesterday and will begin again this Wednesday. So I hope you'll find a group and be a part of it and grow forward with us. That's the best way to connect at Emmanuel or on Teams, and that's the best way to keep growing, keep growing forward uh, outside of just the Sunday morning worship service. Um, we have a wonderful offering of groups this, this uh, quarter. But yesterday was Emmanuel Global, and we were focusing on our national church planting efforts, and uh, we have seen God do some amazing things this year in our church plants and our guest was Anthony Stafford, who is planting in Schenectady, New York. And God provided a building for his church, mortgage-free. They paid cash for it. And uh, we're just so thankful for the work that God's doing there. It was just a lot of fun to interview Anthony. If you haven't met him or seen him, go to the 1030 service yesterday in the archive and watch the interview. Uh, it is hilarious. We had a good time with it. <clears throat> but then right after that, we studied the beginning verses of John chapter 9. A beautiful story of Jesus noticing, seeking out a blind beggar who uh, he then healed. And we left the story there, but we lifted off uh, four principles that were deeply meaningful in our darkness. When we're walking blind or we feel like we're dark in the dark, uh, what does Jesus do? What does he provide? And how do we turn to him and trust him? And so it was a, um, it was a meaningful study for me. I felt like I just struggled to get it out in the nine service, but 1030, I tried to pull it back together. So anyway, um, I've been meditating on that passage all last week. I will this week. And uh, the whole story of John 9 is really one block related to this uh, blind man. And it gets even better and better. It gets better than him giving the man his sight. Um, the conflict arises and we'll see it this Sunday. But if you missed it yesterday, I hope you'll catch up. Whatever this Monday finds you doing or wherever it finds you on this Columbus Day, I hope you have a good day. For me, it's going to be mostly a day of kind of recovery and rest. I'm going to kind of reset my wardrobe for the winter and uh, probably start a fire later this evening and have the first fire of the season. But the trees are turning beautiful in New England, and it's just a good, it's just a good time, good moment. And I'm so thankful that you've joined me. Psalm 63, and I'm four and a half minutes in, and I'm, I apologize for taking so much time. I guess a couple minutes of that is the, is the pre-roll, though. <clears throat> so we're in Psalm 63, and we left off thinking of God um, in the night watches. The night watches really was a reference to um, the guards keeping watch at night. They were in three-hour chunks or segments. And, uh, and what David's saying is that there were some times in his life when he was sleepless, and he remembered the Lord upon his bed, and he meditated on him in the night watches. And I think that's a wonderful and a, a powerful practice because our hearts gravitate, our minds gravitate at night, at least mine does, to the problems and the things I need to solve and the things I need to get done, things I don't want to forget. It's like my mind is unpacking it all and trying to solve it all while I'm sleeping. And that's not a good thing. So David says, God, I want you to join me in this. And, and we talked about that on Friday. But it gets, the picture gets even more beautiful in verse 7. 
He says, because thou hast been my help. Now, remember, David is in the, um, he's in the wilderness, so he's not in a good place right now personally. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. So two or three things I want to bring out of this verse that's just um, so meaningful for us today as we start a new week. First of all, that God is our help because you've been my help. Now, I think that's past tense, right? So David's looking back on some level over his life, and he's thinking about all the many ways that God's been his help in the past. And when we're looking forward at an un, at a new problem, at a new challenge, <clears throat> we're tempted to get a kind of panicky, like, oh, no, what's going to happen now? And what happens is we, we're forgetful, our short-term memory. We, we, we lose sight of all the ways that God has sustained and blessed and provided. And he's brought us forward. And he, he always does and he always has and always will. And so if we will just take a minute to think backwards, just to turn the lens around a little bit and think of all the times he's provided for us, paid our bills, fed our stomachs, navigated us forward, sustained us, strengthened us, healed us, uh, navigated us through hardship. If we'll just remember all those times, and the older you are, the longer you've walked with Jesus, the more you have this just this huge archive of God's intervention in your life. It's it's like encyclopedic in nature, and uh, it's so robust. And if you're new, if you're just joining the faith, if you're just becoming a follower of Jesus, just buckle up for a long, long road to, with Him because. He's going to give you a massive archive of, of divine providential interventions and blessings and just amazing stories that he's written in your life. We sat at lunch yesterday with a family that we've known for 35 years. They were visiting Emmanuel yesterday and um, actually maybe even longer, no, about 35 years I've known this family. We, we were in college together. Then we were in ministry together for many years in California, <clears throat> and uh, they're here on a vacation. But we just sat and began to reminisce. And, and when you've known someone that long and you've walked with God, kind of you have similar walks with God going forward, uh, two families actually, you just share such rich, um, rich depth of not just fellowship and, and communion together, but Christ-oriented communion because he's taking you together through things, or maybe separately, but at the same time. And we just began to talk from college forward. And, um, you know, we were kids, then we had kids, now our kids have kids. <clears throat> and it's just an amazing reality. And so, uh, so meditating on these things really brings your heart away from fear, away from distress and anxiety. And so today, if you're facing some stress or anxiety, I, I really encourage you to think about the goodness of God in your past. But now uh, look at what David says. Because you have been my help, because I remember the things of the past, therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. And um, there's, there's two uh, really beautiful pictures here. Sorry, I, I'm getting a little teary. Um, in the shadow of thy wings is an intimate picture of a mother, a mama bird, uh, bringing her chicks close and harboring them close under her, giving them safety and shelter and warmth and provision and love and tender care. And the reason I get a little emotional on this is that I think back to 
the time when this was most experiential to me, and there have been many, <clears throat> but most experiential was when I fought cancer. For a year, it was like I was just hidden <clears throat> in the wings, under the wings of God. And it was very real. It was very, it was, um, it was the most real experience of God um, that I've ever had in my life. Second would be when God was, um, was bringing us from California to Connecticut and then um, those first few years, just daily walking with the Lord. I think third would be the last few years, frankly, uh, here with you, um, <clears throat> going through the Psalms. It's been deeply cultivating and uh, taking these bits of thoughts, just one phrase at a time, into our day and, and deliberately thinking about these things through the day has been um, profoundly shaping for my heart. And it's why I do it. I don't always know who watches or how often or how many people are watching and I'm not even trying to count, not even trying to look. Um, I do this because these verses shape me. And if I can let them shape me and let them shape you at the same time, then that's wonderful. But the shadow of thy wings, David says, I'm going to find my shelter, my refuge, my safety in you and in the intimate, close relationship I have with you, and I will rejoice. Now, but here's the second sense of this. <clears throat> when God wanted Israel to understand who he was and how he is and how he feels towards them, he had them create something called a tabernacle. It was representative of God's presence. It was really a tent. And in that tent was the sacred space called the Holy of Holies. And he had them make something called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is, um, it's the safe, it's like a bank safe that keeps um, the heart of the essence of God's covenant towards humanity safe and secure. And that Ark of the Covenant was laid in gold but on the top of it was called the mercy seat. And it is where his most intimate presence dwelled. No man could go in there except for the priest. But once Jesus died for us, he tore the veil and gave access to that place. <clears throat> that mercy seat was where the priest would put the blood of the lamb. Well, over that mercy seat outstretched were the two sets of wings of two cherubims, two angels, two heavenly angelic beings that covered that mercy seat. And um, that mercy seat represented uh, the blood of Jesus that would give you and me access to the heart of God. And when David says, under the shadow of thy wings, I will I rejoice. It's a gospel reference, but it's a reference to the wings of the angels that cover that mercy seat. And David's saying, I, I can come into your mercy. I am the object of your mercy. You are good. You are, you are loving. You are gentle. And you cover me with your wings. And I can rejoice there. I can relate to you on the basis of your mercy, not my goodness. And I'm covered there permanently. And I can, I can be at peace and I can rejoice. I don't have to fear your judgment or your wrath. I can be at peace with you. So my friend, uh, whatever you're dealing with today, find your rejoicing in the shadow of the wings of his mercy, in the most intimate place of the heart of God. That is enough for today. Happy Monday. We'll see you tomorrow.